0: Well, hello, 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 hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm getting this to you on Friday a little later than I would have liked, but life got in the way with some things. But huge show here. I mean, four games. Many think this is the best weekend of football of the year. Not sure this week is as good as most divisional weeks, but still, we got all the big boys that had to buy. Um, We got quite the battle in Minnesota. I think that's the game of the week. Um... And I think, just as an overriding... Two things I kind of just want to mention before we go. I don't think it's an accident that these big-time quarterbacks are in it. And we might see Brady, Ben, Ryan, Breeze in the Final Four. You know, I mean, that's an all-star, studded, three, maybe four Hall of Famer Final Four. I'm not saying that's my prediction, but I mean, that's very possible. I also think that and we'll get to this game after game, but the running game is going to be extremely, extremely paramount importance for the two teams in the AFC that are dogs, the Eagles, and in a strange way, both teams in the Minnesota Saints game. So as we do every Friday, we stroll on over to our friends at MyBookie, and I will pick games straight up and against the spread. The Eagles are the first team, I think ever, to be a one seed, host their first game of playoffs, and be a dog. They're getting three at home in a hostile environment, tough place to play against Atlanta. Of course, Wentz has a lot to do with that. I mean, the the Eagles will be favored with Wentz. We know those things, but that doesn't matter. The difference between Wentz and Foles... Is massive. I mean, Wentz, you guys know Wentz is like my favorite player. I think he's going to be like the best player in the league. But a big thing is everything about Foles is slower. Slower release. Slower feet. Slower drop. Slower setup. Slower processor. And Atlanta's really fast on defense. I mean, we always talk about that. I mean, they cover a lot of ground at all levels. They're deep. They're aggressive. They're fast. I don't think that's a good deal for Foles. So, as I kind of mentioned, they have to run the ball, play defense, shorten the game at home, and I know that they've used a wide variety of backs well for the most part, although I kind of have a little bit of a problem with that philosophy because some of their backs are tells, you know, when blunts in the game is a lot different than the other guys, you know what I mean? Like, they're such different players that you tell a defense a lot by which running back you shot out there. With the exception of Jay Ajayi. I mean, he's clearly their best back. And I'm not saying they've kept him in bubble wrap, but I think they have traded for him for this reason waiting for this day. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's now time. You know, that this offense is going to go through Ajayi. And I expect him to get a ton of touches in what should stay as a close game because the Eagles' D is really good. How successful that is, we'll see. Um, I tend to think it's going to be less successful than we thought. That Atlanta's going to put a lot of bodies in the line of scrimmage. Keanu Neal, they did a really good job against Gurley last week. Their run defense and defense overall is really, really picked up. Um, I think that the, you know, the battle at the line of scrimmage is pretty equal in terms of blocking in the run game. It's a good Philly line, but let's move to protection here. The big V at the left tackle against Claiborne. I don't think it's going to be Claiborne against Dallas with what six sacks or whatever when when Smith was out. But he's got a big advantage there, and they've got a deep defensive line. I think Foles with his slow processing and slowness overall is going to be under a fair amount of pressure, especially if they can get him in third and long situations. If they stack the box, Ajayi doesn't have a lot of you know a lot to go with, and then come after him. Um, I also think that the Eagles receivers, which is a good group. I mean, Ertz, Aguilar, Alshon. I mean, that's a good group of receivers. I don't know that they're going to have a ton of room. You know, I, I think Alshon will probably see a lot of uh, true Font, but that's not a done deal. It's not like he's always going to line up to, to the right side of Foles. On paper, you would think Jones and Neal and those guys – are pretty active and do a pretty good job on Ertz, and I think that'll probably be the case. Um is an okay receiver but not a great one and I think you know Deion Jones and those guys probably don't let him do a whole lot as a receiver. I think Aguilar has a nice matchup though against the slot guys. I think he's gonna have to have a big game, create some big plays for them to, I mean, to me, that's the whole key. Can, can Aguilar get free, or can one of these guys get free for a big play? Maybe off play the action, and can they keep the game close and control it with a Jai? I have my doubts, but they are at home, and they have a pretty good line, and you know, all those things. Other side of the ball, it's a well-rounded offense. You know that I think you'll have a balanced attack. Matt Ryan goes home to Philadelphia. Um. Much like last week, you guys, you guys know I harped on Aaron Donald against their guards, and we saw what happened. He was a—he destroyed their guards. Fletcher Cox isn't quite Aaron Donald, but he's really, really good, and I think he's going to have a field day as well and do a lesser degree, Tim, Timmy Jernigan. Um, and that deep defensive line is going to be a problem. Brandon Graham's a great player. Their edge pass rushers are great players. its They go, what, eight or nine deep on the defensive line of quality guys. So I think the passing game is going to be get it out of Ryan's hands quick. And maybe that's Hooper. Maybe that's Freeman and Coleman. Freeman or Coleman. Julio and Slants, Sanu out of the slot. Big bodied quick hitting routes. And I think they'll have success with that, though. You know, that if they can kind of limit the pass rush, get the ball out quick, I don't see an answer for Julio. and And at times, I'm sure they'll max protect and send him deep. This is a decent secondary, but the corners are a problem. The safeties are really good. And I just don't see an answer for Julio at all. I, I think Julio might have a lot of catches, and maybe he doesn't break free for a long one, but gets nine catches for 115 and a touch, or, nine 50, or that 10th catch is for 70 yards and a game-breaker. Um, so, I do think Atlanta has success on that top side of the ball, but it won't be easy. The pass rush is frightening. The front seven's really good, active. It's going to be loud, but I think Ryan handles that pretty well. And um, I'm going to take Atlanta to win. I'll give you the points. I don't think it's a blowout, but I'm thinking 24 14, 24 17 in that neighborhood really impressed with Atlanta's defense of late all right the next game on the slate biggest point spread of the weekend as you can imagine Titans are getting 14 in New England now I checked my Twitter timeline at Williamson NFL I just wrote something of kind of how do the Titans match up against the Patriots when the Pats have the ball it's a really good run defense. Nick LeBeau is now playing a lot of man, but they don't allow the big play. I think a Jackson can handle speed receivers like Cooks reasonably well. I think Logan Ryan, a former Patriot, should do well against Hogan or Amendola. Usually, I mean, he plays a slot a high percentage of the time. I think running against him, as I mentioned, would be very difficult. Like I said, we're going to see a lot of man. I think they'll get some interior pressure. Jarrell Casey. Their edge guys rush the passer pretty well. Uh, Woodyard has been a very effective blitzer. And I think LeBeau will bring him on A-gap pressures from quite a bit. You know, get to Brady as quick as you possibly can. All that sounds really good. But, there's no answer for Gronk. I mean, there just isn't. Cyprian's a strong safety. He's not a very good coverage player. He's an in-the-box player. Um, Bayard's a very good safety And I like him a lot But if he's spending a lot of time In man against Gronk Then is Cyprian going to be your deep help For guys like Cooks I hate that But he's probably the player that matches up best Against Gronk and still would be at a disadvantage And yeah they can give him linebacker help too But there isn't an answer for Gronk Also This defense struggles In the passing game against running backs Lewis, Burkhead, White. So, I think what Belichick and Brady do here is not abandon the run. And we've seen them do that before. But first and ten. Brady in the shotgun. Maybe even an empty. Split White or Lewis out and Gronk. And short passing. And short passing. And short passing. And you know they do it great. And... It'll be against man, so it won't be like you're picking on these big wide-open zones. How well they slow that down will be massive. I just think that that's going to be a problem. And Gronk specifically. The other side of the ball. For this to be competitive, as I've mentioned, this is going to be a theme of this podcast. Henry and Mariota, both of whom have run very well lately, will have to run extremely well keep Brady off the field. The Game plan simple. I mean they're playing with house money so they'd be crazy not to take some deep shots but to who? You know I mean the receivers are fine. Um, I think Delaney Walker has a very favorable matchup against Chung so he was going to have to be a big big contributor. It certainly can be. But it's going to be got, I mean it's going to come down to Henry and Mariota as runners and why not run Mariota a high percentage of time? Again you're playing with house money you don't have nothing to lose Henry can pound and pound, and he can break off big runs. Their line is good, very good. run game, uh, LaJuan in particular, was really good last week, and Henry had a lot of success running to the left. And I don't think the Patriots' run defense in front seven is good at all. So that sounds pretty promising. But, <laughs> just like we went on offense, this is Bill Belichick in January in Foxborough in the divisional round of the playoffs. Do you think he's going to let you run on him with lighter boxes? I mean, we might see 9 and 10 in the box. I mean, like, sell out against the run. And Mariota might hit Walker on steam passes then. And Corey Davis could break out, but those are good corners. They'll probably be in single coverage a lot. Um, It just seems like a tough recipe. Of course, that's why they're 14-point dogs. I mean, the Patriots are better. But I am painting you a picture where the Titans can compete on the road, and there are some things in their favor. Um, Brady, I expect him to play great, but he hasn't played great lately, really since he went on the injury report. But they had a bye; he's probably going to be fine. He's probably going to be really sharp. He's Tom freaking Brady. So yeah, I'm taking the Patriots to win. And I'm wondering, I mean, can the Titans keep this uh, 14-10 game at the half? You know, 21-17 after with 10 minutes left in the game. Get a bounce on special teams. But you got to think that the the turnover battle, the special teams battle, favors the Patriots. I mean, how often does Brady turn the ball over? I mean, if someone's going to make a throw they shouldn't, it's going to be Mariota. 14's a big number. But I think I'll give it to you. And maybe it takes a while from the pull away. And maybe Tennessee can play their game for a long time. But for 60 minutes, that's tough. Jacksonville comes here to Pittsburgh. Seven-point dog. Similar. But a better D. A worse quarterback. A worse offense. Let's start, I guess, when Jacksonville has the ball. There's no secrets here. I mean, it's run, 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 run. Hope your defense stays in it. Blake's terrible, but he's got to be better than he was last week. He's got to be. Although they're supposed to be, it's going to be cold. And there's going to be elements of play. And this is a Southern team, by the way. We are talking about this on SNR today. That not only is Bortles ill-equipped to handle the weather, but Ned has publicly said, I don't like playing in the cold and like, Ramsey's from Florida State and they're a Florida team and Calais Campbell went to the U. And I mean, like all these guys are, there's a lot of southernness on this team that I don't think they're going to love 10 degree Steeler weather in a really hostile environment with terrible towels flailing and windy and the rivers are cold and the open in the state, you know. So there could be some shock there. And if the Steelers get up big, I think it could be over and that they're not going to, not that they're going to, Obviously, it's a playoff game. They're not going to just pack up their tents and go home. But I think this game could get out of hand. And the first quarter will have a lot to do with how the outcome comes. Because they can't come back. They can't ask Bortles to come back. They have to run. They have to run. They have to run. And I don't think they're going to have much success. I mean, frankly, I think Fournette's been disappointing lately. And some of it's the ankle. And some of it's rookie wall. He's been playing a lot of snaps the last couple weeks. And he's not making a lot of lot go in the way of lateral agility and elusiveness. He's, if there's a hole there, he's hitting it and he's putting his head down. And sure, he could run away and hit a big play. But I think the biggest advantage any team has in this game is the Steelers' defensive line over the Jags' offensive line. Both the run and pass game. Oh, by the way, these the teams that have the two most sacks in the league in the regular season. I think Jacksonville's a better pass rushing team than Pittsburgh. But Bortles is going to get hit. I mean... Uh, Cam Hayward and Tua and those guys, I think are going to be huge, huge problems for the run game and interior pass rush. I expect the Steelers to play a ton of zone, try to keep everything in front of them, keep eyes on Bortles as a runner, close quickly, uh, stack the box. And the Jags are crazy if they don't take deep shots, particularly to Westbrook, who's very impressive. But maybe to Lee, you know, I mean, they, they have some guys that can run. And... Steeler Steelers secondary just allows a lot of big plays, a lot of mental errors, a lot of blown coverages, a lot of just getting beat on double moves, things like that. And to me, that's one of the huge keys, is if they can connect on two or three big plays, the Steelers let up a lot, they got a real good shot. But I don't think you're just going to be able to run, 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 Blake dump it off, screen, bubble screen, you know, uh, that sort of thing. And keep up with the Steelers offense, even though the Jags D is very, very good. The other side of the ball, Jags D is very, very good. Very, very good. And they're great at all levels. They're highly athletic. They're playmakers galore. There's good matchups for sure. But not as good as most weeks for Jacksonville. You know that Ramsey may follow Antonio Brown, who's 100% fine, by the way. Or they may play sides and just do what they do because Bouye's great, too. He's great. But Brown tore these guys up last last time they played. That got overlooked. And he's a nightmare, period. Um, And Juju's much better now. And Ben's a thousand times better now than when they met the last time. And this sounds kind of dismissive, but when they met the last time, the Steelers were just coming off a very physical game with the Ravens. And usually the week after Ravens games, They struggle, and so do the Ravens. And I think they were looking forward to the Chiefs a little bit, too. So it was a little bit of a trap game. It's no excuse, don't get me wrong. But Ben's not going to throw five picks. I mean, if one of these two quarterbacks throws a lot of picks, it's going to be Bortles. I mean, I very much believe that. AB's a a handful. It doesn't matter who you are, if you're Deion Sanders. I mean, he's just great, and I think he's going to be great. They do a really good job against the tight end. But McDonald is healthy now and is dangerous. He's more dangerous than a lot of you probably realize. Bryant, Schuster, those guys are all going to see a lot of single coverage. And Lev Bell is a receiver. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jack and Talvin Smith and those guys should match up pretty well with Bell as a receiver, too. And I think Ben will be under pressure. But I also think the Steelers are about the best pass-protecting line in the league. So the usual advantages that Jacksonville have, I think, are less than usual. And that's true, too, for the Steelers' usual advantages. Don't get me wrong. But the mortal mistake in the first meeting was the run-pass ratio was so heavy in terms of pass for the Steelers. And this run defense isn't that good. I mean, it was bad. And a lot of it's because they kind of play the run on the way to the quarterback. But they can be undisciplined. They get out of their lanes over-pursuit, young guys, fast, you know, they can work that against them. Then they traded for Darius, and it got a lot better. But lately, it hasn't been very good. And I think that the Steelers are patient and lean on Bell, who should be very fresh after sitting in Week 17 and the following week, that they're going to have success on the ground. And then you're going to have one-on-ones, and I think you'll take some shots. And at home, without Jacksonville running away with it, I think they win. And I think they win very big. And I'll give seven without a problem. I have this game at like thirty-five-four seventeen. I think I picked it at thirty-one twelve or something like that earlier today. I think they win by multiple scores. Last thing on this one, and I don't want to be too Steeler centric, but there was three things that I I've been saying all week that paint me a picture of how the Jags can win this game. Well, these are the three things. Turnovers. We saw that in the first game. I mean, if they win the turnover battle big and in, and then along those lines, score on defense, which they're great at doing. Okay. I mean, that almost has to happen, in my opinion, for them to win. The other thing I mentioned already was hitting on deep shots against a secondary that blows coverages. That would be huge. Lastly, and I'm not sure I believe this a whole ton, but both times when... Jacksonville has the ball, and when they're on defense, the numbers indicate that they have the red zone advantage. That They're pretty good red zone offense, believe it or not. They're a great red zone defense. Steelers have struggled in both the departments, and that was huge in the first game. Steelers were kicking field goals early instead of getting out to an early lead. That has to happen for Jacksonville. You can keep them to a couple field goals early, and you can stick with Fournette, and it's 9-6 going into the half. You're in it. I mean, that's your style of game. But I'm not sure how much I buy that. I got the Steelers big.